going on everybody here we are at episode six behind the podcast and we'll try this again as i tried to forget to do certain things to make the show going and uh if we had a blooper reel i'd be the you know the number one ace with the blooper reel as i forgot to hit the ever loving record button as we started off the show so uh here we are again episode six uh behind the podcast uh if you guys and girls and we thank you also for downloading our previous shows if you want to listen to our thursday night live show we are now as of seven episodes ago it is also available for audio download so not only can you download tuesday night show that you don't hear until wednesday morning uh but also the thursday night show and as soon as the show's over, many times I try to get out there on air. If not, I will put out there on Friday morning. So thank you to people who are subscribing. For those downloading it through uh, Google Podcasts, iTunes, and Spotify, we do appreciate it. And always, you can always go to broadstreetsouth.com, click on the RSS feed, iTunes, and Spotify, and we do appreciate everyone who downloads our audio. We do uh, appreciate it. And tonight's going to be a, a, a different night from what we normally end up doing. Uh, tonight's more of a sobering uh, episode only because end up getting some news today of a, a good friend of mine who he decided to take his own life. Um, as I was talking to the guys before we went on air here and a good friend from back home, uh, I got the call today from the family saying that he ended up taking his own life and he's been going through it. Uh, the family tried to help him out, tried to give him as much help as they possibly could. And in the end, he decided to, uh, take his own life. And it, it's sad that we have to get to this point in life. We know that COVID um, 2020 with everything that went on, I mean, the, you know, again, police shootings, uh, different protests, you name it, anything that could have happened and went wrong in 2020 seems like it's carrying over a little bit again in 21. So we hope that things get better, but in order for things to get better, we have to be that change. So I wish he was still here. I'm pretty sure his family wishes he was still here as well. I don't think he realizes when you take your life, how many people are left behind? And if you can have an almost like an outer body experience, like we see in the movies, if you can just jump out of your own skin and just look at yourself and wonder, you know, who's actually going to miss me? You'd probably be surprised because there'd be, there could be someone that you could have spoken to a while back and not have realized how much you could have touched them. Or it could have been a favorite radio program of yours, you know, a NASCAR driver. I mean, a lot of us miss Dale Earnhardt. I mean, it, there's could be so many different people that you can come across that you missed that you hope that suicide would be the last thing that you would contemplate. But unfortunately he, he decided to take his life and we hope he's resting in peace, even though the afterlife on the way you do certain things, you may not end up resting in peace, but regardless, we hope that he is. And uh, here tonight, I guess the support channel, also the, the great guys that I'm, that I'm working with here is Michael Sherman, the sports contributor. Uh, Mike's been on with us now for a while, having fun and, you know, and enjoying it. Mike's probably the most, 
Uh, other than Ryan, probably a comedic person because he can bring between numbers and impersonations and, and you name it. And Mike always makes it entertaining. And he's always got something great to say in the very beginning of the show. This might be a little differently than the energy he brings, uh, again, because it's, it's a life-changing experience. And then, of course, Ryan Neff, who's our uh, national correspondent now. He's been filling, filling in for Fuji. We've been having fun with Ryan. Uh, he's been doing an outstanding job. And, and we thank Ryan for coming on board with us full time. So, uh, first one that I'd like to do, introduce is our sports contributor, Michael Sherman. Mike, how are you this evening? I'm doing fantastic tonight. Thank you for having me on the show. And while I do bring some comedy to the table and some statistics to the table with my numbers, tonight is not that night where it's going to happen. Uh, we're talking about a very sobering topic, but it's a topic that needs to be discussed. As a high school teacher, I will tell you that suicide is a very real issue in the United States of America and teen depression, which leads potentially to suicide is a very real issue in the United States of America. And we'll be talking more about it tonight, but I really hope that everybody who's listening tonight really gives a legitimate listen to this. And if we here at Broad Street South are able to reach just one person and help them out in some way, shape or form, then it is my opinion that we are doing our job uh, because if we can even positively affect one person, that's a step in the right direction. Angel, thanks for having me on. I know that we didn't anticipate having a show like this happening tonight, but we have it tonight. And as adults, we're going to talk about it and we're going to try to educate people out there mm -hmm. so that they can be a little bit more um, alert to uh, some telltale signs and things that we can do as a society to be more proactive about the situation. No, I do appreciate it. And of course we have uh, Ryan F. Hard, new national correspondent. We added uh, Nicholas Lisi, not too long ago, our beat writer. And we thank Nick for the great articles he's produced so far to him. He's done a, an outstanding job and he's a lot of fun to have on as well. But Ryan F. has been filling in for Fuji and he's just, he's done so well that he is now a part of our team. And who knows, Ryan could venture off and do different things or, you know, any of us can. But right now we're family. We're all together. Uh, we hope to stay that way. And if unless we all hit the lottery and, and split it 10 different ways, who knows? But, Ryan, you know, I, I thank you for coming on with us full time. Thank you for being our national correspondent. And uh, more importantly, thank you for being on tonight with uh, with us. Uh, gentlemen, it's a pleasure to be here tonight. Unfortunately, um, it's a topic that needs to be discussed. Um, I don't think it's discussed enough. And as Sherman said, I mean, not just amongst teenagers, but amongst all age groups, um, depression, suicide, feeling down. I mean, I, yeah, it's uh, going to be kind of <clears throat> strange for me to talk about because it sort of hits close to home with, um, you know, we'll get into it, probably get into it a little bit later with, you know, a lot of things that I've had to deal with over the years and continue to deal with. But I mean, it's, it's real, it's out there, and you know it's it's it, it's something that's close to me because I have a lot of you know a lot of uh, opinions on 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 this subject. To be quite honest, I'm sorry if I'm stuttering, but it just when you hit me with this earlier today, it just it just you know we talked a little bit earlier, Angel. It just it's you know it, it when something like this comes up, it just it hits close to home sometimes. No, it does, but that's it. <clears throat> tonight was, was supposed to be a lot more uplifting. We were going to talk about uh, 
course, baseball and flyers and, and what's happening in the, in the sports world. But sometimes reality hits home and a lot of times it's close. And even if, again, if it's a friend, regardless of whoever it is, it's a human being. And we hope that people just don't end up doing it. It's, it's again, we are, we are probably, I don't remember in my lifetime ever going through something like the way we are right now as U.S. citizens all together. I mean, we see the crisis that's going on at the border. We see, again, people losing their jobs, people who haven't gotten their jobs back. You know, the, you, your unemployment maybe end up running out. Some people are still fighting to get unemployment a year later when they've been out of a job and they've, they've gone through either savings, they're out of a home, they're out of a car. And a lot of people are even out of a family because some people just give up. They'll say, well, if you can't support us, you know, what, what can you do? And sometimes you have people who they're going through something in their life. And instead of talking to a friend or reaching out to somebody, you can talk to a complete stranger. I mean, you can walk into a Dunkin' Donuts and not know a person from a can of spring paint on, on, on a shelf and just, hey, you got a minute? And it seems kind of ridiculous when someone says that. And people always say, hey, yeah, 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 buddy. And then if it goes on for, listen, I, I got this meeting to go to, right? I, I got to get going. That extra minute you could have taken to listen to that person couldn't make a difference in their life that day, or even just saying a simple hello could, could change someone's whole different perspective. I mean, we know it is uh, living in the city of Philadelphia. I think the, the most joyous I've ever seen anyone the day after was the day after Super Bowl when people were walking around, Hey champ, what's going on champ? Hey, good morning. How are you? And Philly's like New York. A lot of times where people are just, ah, what's so good about it? And they keep it moving. And, and I'm not saying about every citizen in Philadelphia, but Philly's going through it right now. I mean, we see the the, the changes they're going through. We got a, a DA who's trying to fight for his life to get elected. I mean, there, there's so many things that can go wrong and will go wrong, but you got to find a way to at least speak to someone. And it, a lot of times it's tough. It's easier said than done because when I went through it and, and I'm by any means, you know, I, I thankfully I, I've got a great support channel right to the right of me here, my producer, Debbie. I mean, she, we talk about everything under the sun. And I think if, if it wasn't for her, a lot of times, you know, I, I, I would probably be lost. And when we first started talking, you know, that was the one thing that I, I had, we had talked about and because I don't hide anything from her. It's just one of those things that if I'm going to open up, I'm going to open up, but that's because I trust you enough to open up a lot more. You guys, if you guys have been with me now, you know, you get to see the good and, and the bad side. You know, and, and a lot of times we can, we can all have bad days. It's just the way it works. We, we all would love to have the most perfect days as much as we can, but we can go through it. I mean, Sherman, your wife owns a boutique and, and, you know, she can get a shipment that can be completely wrong. Someone can end up getting something that was supposed to go to somebody else. I mean, it's sometimes it's even the small things that we know that can go wrong, that can just set us off. And then I, I think at this point, we need to talk a lot more. I think a lot more people need to reach out. Even if your friends, I know texting is the easiest thing to do. I know a lot of people love to text or to go through social media. Hey, just send me a DM. Let me know what's going on. But how about the old telephone? Just reach out to somebody. Hey, how's it going? You know, I haven't spoken to you in a while. Do you got a minute? And that's all it takes. And that, that little single minute can be like, I had all this stuff going on behind me. I had all the stress behind me. Thank you for calling. You know what? For that one minute, and we know it's not going to be exactly a minute. It could be 10, 15 minutes. But that one minute, that person can change and alter things that could have been going wrong to going worse to going wrong to, you know what? It's not so bad. And then unfortunately, they said it's just it's too many things going wrong here in the United States and, and places overseas as well. But 
we got to find a way to get better. And we keep hearing from both sides that, you know, we, we got to find a way how to come together. We need to break these barriers. We need to do all these different things. But it, it seems like more of a separation than anything else. And I think when Sherman, myself, Fuji, uh, other folks that we know, when we talk things through and, and we put our own opinions in there, it's not it's not for show because we do it off air as well. It's no different that we talk here is the same way we talk off air. So if four or five grown men, you know, or if you even add women to to the conversation, if you can sit down like rational human beings and listen to each other, hear what's going on, seeing what's happening, and just making sure, like I said, a simple hello and just hey Sherman, you know, how's it going? I know you're crazy teaching. I know it's not has been the easiest, smoothest year, which is true for you for COVID. And the teachers out here, even in the Tampa area, you know, it's not the easiest thing. And, you know, Ryan, I know, you know, you could be going through your own things, whether, you know, it's, it could be health, it could be work, it could be, you know, something personal went on in your life, you know, but again, just us reaching out to each other. And as much as we like to clan around back and forth on, on messenger, you know, that's still making sure that all of us are alive. Because if one day I would just say it personally, I know Sherman is consistently busy, but if Sherman doesn't chime in, at one point throughout the day, it's almost like, oh, what happened to Sherman? And it's the train of thought. You don't want to think the worst, but like, is he mad? What's going on? I, you know, we haven't seen him. And it could be just because he was extremely busy. But then when you see his name coming across, you're like, whew, all right, he's good. Because you don't know. And and I think that bond that we've built, it's it's been a lot of fun within the past couple of months. Um, but we need to continue to building that bond. No matter where we go, how big we get or how small we stay, no matter what it is, it's just constantly reaching out. So, Sherman, I know you you brought up the point where when it comes to the kids in school, we know that they're they're just as much going through it as us. I mean, we see where, um, I don't know, you got the transgender movement. You've got, you know, boys want to be girls, vice versa. You got kids that don't have a happy home. You have kids that have they've seen things in their home that probably us as adults now, our kids never saw because when we were kids, you know, we didn't see mom and dad argue. They they were going to another room where if they argued, we were probably at school. So seeing what's been happening within the last year, Sherman, and, and I'm pretty sure one of your, uh, I don't want to say classmates, I guess one of your students, have you heard any of them, whether it's contemplating suicide or were things just going the way they thought they were going to be going, did they actually reach out and talk to anybody? Well, we have counselors at our school. So if a student is going through something, we definitely have the resources available. Um, I think that the students that I teach are amazingly resilient because you're talking about students who are upperclassmen who have been stripped of their opportunity to participate in extracurricular activities. They've been stripped of their opportunity just to stand in the hallways or sit in the classrooms with their friends on a daily basis. They've been stripped of the opportunity to build new relationships. Hopefully they would be positive ones. For the most part, students don't reach out to me with things that are that heavy. Uh, I don't want to put anything public out there right. you know, of information that has happened. But I will say this. If there's a situation where a student is going through something that's more than just, 
hey, I'm failing the class. What can I do to bring up my grade? If it's something bigger, um, we do have the resources available. I had a situation earlier this week where a student spoke with me after class. He gave me some information which led me to believe that I may need to be a mandated reporter in in terms of what this student communicated with me, I reached out to people and they said, no, you don't have to be a mandated reporter because, you know, it didn't get to that point. To be honest, I was glad that the student reached out to me to the point where he felt um, he felt confident enough that he could speak to me about the issue because of the fact that these students, they have tremendous shields and as much of a bravado as they walk around with and as tough as they may be streetwise, um, they're really struggling. And it's my hope that as a teacher that just by me showing up every day and believing in the students and being consistent with my procedures and routines that the students can say, OK, you know, Mr. Sherman, he's here for us. And even though I might not participate in math every day, I know that if I ever have a situation, he's going to be there. Uh, I'm going to leave this little teaser out there because I know Ryan wants to chime in as well. But one of the things that I'm sure we'll talk about tonight is how important communication is with the topic that we're discussing. I'll bring up my example a little bit later because it's not a 15 second thing, but I want all of the listeners to think about just how important communication is in regards to the situation that we're discussing tonight. Good point, Ryan. Ooh. Really for me, you know, an angel and I were having a discussion off air a little bit earlier in the day. Unfortunately, communication and compassion are two lost art forms. And I also believe that the information and technological age that we've been living in the last 25 to 30 years has sort of even made it worse. Um, you know, we're roughly all the same age and people interfacing with one another and sitting down and having face-to-face -face conversations um, you know, like even now, before the pandemic hit, you know, and Michael and Angel probably can attest to this, you know, if you go out to a restaurant or, you know, you're sitting at a bar, you know, watching a game or whatnot, what are 90% of the people doing? They're on their phone. Yep. They're on their phone. And, <clears throat> you know, even when we were younger, and it's been going on since the, 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 the dawn of time, guys, I mean, even when we were younger, growing up, going elementary school, middle school, there were just certain people in certain groups. This group was over here. This group was over there. That group's over there. And you always had the other people that were left out that didn't feel like they belonged. And everybody has a backstory. Everybody has a backstory. You know, so and it's like Angel and I were talking earlier today. It's it's. We'll get into it, get into it a little bit later, but you know, I, I go through a lot of stuff physically and have for the last 25, 30 years, which I don't like to talk about, but you know, what aggravates me more is, you know, just like if, 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 you know, Sherman and I are friends, we've been friends now the last six, seven, eight years through theater or whatnot, you know, but if, if, if Sherman said to me, 
Hey man, um, you know, I just figured I'd let you know I'm, 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 you know, going through a cancer scare. I've got this, this, and this, and you know, we were talking, and all of a sudden, I would interject and look at Sherman and say, "Well, this is the way I would deal with it, dude." No, 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 and that's what aggravates me to the least. Sherman wouldn't stay to one of his students if one of Sherman's students came to him and was being bullied or you know feeling left out. You know, Sherman would not look at his students and say, "Well, you know what I would do if I were you." And that, that's, that's really the people just need, and, and sometimes, and I'm sorry if I'm rambling, but um, sometimes when you're going through stuff and you feel, and this is what, this, this is what I've gathered. Most people, when they lose all hope, when they don't have anything to believe in, when there's no light anywhere that's left that's when they turn to the darkness, unfortunately, you know, and I said this to Angel earlier also, and again, I'm sorry if I'm rambling, but it, it's sort of a subject that really hits home is, you know, and angels agree with me. Most people that get to that point, they don't want to die. Yeah. They just don't want to hurt anymore. Whether it's physical, whether it's mental, whether it's emotional, whether it's, psychological and i've always you know and sometimes you know angie you're talking about texting and i don't even like texting i don't like messaging if you really want to see how somebody's doing if you can't get with them face to face you don't know how important it is and how much a difference it can make in somebody's life if you just call them up and spend a few minutes on the phone and say hey man or you know if it's a female friend I just wanted to call. I know you're having a rough time. I just wanted to see how you're doing. It just takes one little itty bitty call. Or even if they they don't like it, you know, if you're just concerned about somebody, if you're really concerned and you show up at their house or whatnot, hey, I just wanted to stop in and say, hey, because it can make all the difference in the world. And it's, again, you know, like I said to Angel before, when we were having a discussion earlier today, you know, my father always used to say, people don't care unless it's happening in their backyard. Yep. If it's not affecting them and it's not happening, if it's in somebody else's yard, nobody will say anything until it starts to affect them. And that's sort of the problem sometimes that I have because, you know, I can't, you know, and maybe you guys are in the same position how – you know, you're always the one to reach out. You can reach out and reach out and reach out so many times, but if it's not reciprocated, what are you going to do? It's the age-old adage, you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Yeah. But I, I'm just a firm believer in, again, the text messaging, the DM, the messengers. Now, we do it because we're involved with the show, you know, but I can't tell you how many times that I've, you know, call up Angel or Fuji or even like Sherman, stuff like that. And it goes a long way into making somebody's day. It just makes them feel like, even if it's just one person, all right, this person cares about me. They, 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 they showed enough that they called me up and said, and they, and they wanted to see how, you know, it just, it just might make a bit of difference. And then the last thing I'll say is, you know, if somebody's really going through something, you know, sometimes the worst thing to do is to talk to family or friends. You know, if you're really having that much of an issue, you just even if it's going to therapy for a while, you need to seek out professional help. 
you know, because families will be biased. Friends will be biased. They're going to yeah. give you their own opinions. You know, you need to go and talk to somebody and tell them the story that's neutral, you know, and they might be able to help you out a hell of a lot more than anybody else can. No, it's, it's, it, it's all good points. And, and it's true because a lot of times we don't, I can tell you there there's many times when I lived in the city and the job that I used to have before it was beyond stressful. And you're talking about dealing with 232 to 245 different personalities on three different shifts. And you're trying to balance your life along with everybody else, but you got to take that moment out when you know you have a driver or anyone that you were dealing with before and you see that they're just a bit off from what they were beforehand. It kind of makes you wonder, like, okay, usually when they come in and they're joking around, like, I wonder what's going on. At the same time, you don't pry because it's like, mm, if I go up and I say something, come to find out they're just having kind of like a bad day. Does that make me a bad guy? And there was times where I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it because I'm going to do it because I care enough. And I would just walk up, hey, how's it going? You know, I noticed you weren't joking around. So what? You know, what? Every day I got to come in here joking around. And then now you know, okay, there is a problem. All right. Hey, listen, you want to talk? No, I don't want to talk. I mean, freaking. Whatever, just, you know, someone cut me off, whatever it was, you know, I, I took the L and, and the L broke down. And, and it's it's sometimes the dumbest little things that can send them off the deep end. And they're not that deep, but in a moment they were deep. And then you 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 start thinking about it. Maybe you make a travel throughout the day or something else. And boy, that must have sounded like a real idiot when I said that the L broke down. And it's not like I can push a train to work. If anything, I should be thankful. I guess I didn't have to walk the rest of the work. You know, the rest of the way to work, they were able to find us a bus or connect another train, whatever. But it's small things like that a lot of times that we get frustrated about. You know, how many times are we not trying to open up a can of pickles or something else you know, or a jar of pickles? And you're struggling with the lid. Like, well, if I can just get this dumb thing open, you're shaking, you're going nuts. And sometimes you just bang it on the side of the counter. And yeah, the lid goes flying off. And so does all the glass shrapnel that goes around. So now you went from something that simple to now cutting your hands and God knows everything else in between. But the tough part is, when you hope that someone is there to actually physically listen, to say, you know what, it's going to be okay. Like what's going on? What's happening for those who are religious and maybe those who aren't religious. I wake up in the morning and on my way to work, I say my prayer to God. You know, I hope everyone awakens those who aren't awake yet. May they awaken later on, you know, may our friends or families be blessed and be well and be thankful and grateful to have another day. You know, there's something as simple as that gets the tone of your day going in the right direction. And then you can be in the middle of a prayer and here comes this dum-dum coming flying around the corner. You son of a, wait, wait, hold on. I was just having a moment with God here. Let me stop because I got to refocus. All right, God, I'm sorry. I was talking to you. And then this dum-dum here got me, you know, thrown off. And it's simple things like that. But when you, Ryan is completely right. When when you sit and, and how many times have any of us been to a restaurant and you see these young people just, hey, what's going on? Oh, oh wait. And now you guys can't see this because this is the audio version of the show, but they have their phones up to their face and they will send a message to each other across the table instead of just simply putting the phone down and just saying, I'm sorry, man, I, you know, how rude of me, you know, how's it going? I know we haven't talked to each other in a while because we've been too busy texting or DMing or anything else. You know, now you got only fans, you know, I mean, there's so many different distractions that yet yeah, it would be nice just to take a moment out of your day and just say, Hey, how's it going? Is everything good? I haven't spoken to you in a while. You know, would you like to hang out? You know, and, and you don't have to spend money. You can just go in front of somebody's front stoop. 
hey, what's going on? Glass of water, you know, iced tea, whatever your favorite beverage is, and just sit back and kick back and remember that, yeah, the worst days can be behind us if you want them to be behind us. Every day, we're not going to wake up to sunshine. Every day, we're not going to wake up to blue skies. But we hope that we can do the best that we can for each other. And one way is to just to reach out. Just something so simple as just reaching out. Or even, I mean, Lord knows there's enough social stuff that you can look up on YouTube and Instagram if you're having such a bad day and try to find something funny, you know, something distracting. Read a book. You know, a book a lot of times can send you into a whole different world depending on what kind of book you're reading. Now, if you're reading a book about, you know, crazy asylums and everything else, then maybe not so much. But if you're, you know, you pick up a book where it has inspirational quotes or something else, that, I mean, that, that to me, it's good enough. But it, we're losing too many people. COVID took a lot of lives. We know that. I mean, that, that stuff is real. Whether you get immunized or not, that, that's completely up to you. But I know a lot of families believe in it because they want to make sure they see their mom and dad and, you know, grandparents, if they're still alive, that they can make and live that life that they were supposed to live without this illness taking them away. So you add that to someone who's going through it and that person can't reach out, you know, it, it makes it extremely tough because all of us have been at one point in our lives that we just had a day that it was just a day from hell. This went wrong. That went wrong. The job that I wanted, you know, someone else ended up taking, you know, I, I hate the world and it, it goes through all this stuff. How many kids they turn around, they tell their parents, I hate you. I wish you were dead. Do they mean it? They're kids. They're going to say it. They hope that doesn't happen because what would be the worst thing ever is that you say that to your dad as he's heading off to his night job. God forbid something happens where you don't see him again and you got to deal with that for the rest of your life. So it's time to try to start thinking positive. I, I know like the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention is out there. I know they listen. Um, I, their number is 800-273-8255. Uh, They'll listen. They'll listen to you. Regardless of what's going on, even if you're having, listen, we don't have, all of us may not have the best relationships. We're going to go through it, whether it's finances, whether it's decisions that one person made and didn't tell the other, you know, whether it's a direction in life that you're going, but your partner's not going with you. And instead of meeting down that road, it's easier to say, you know what, I'm just going to bail because I don't believe. But if you can change a person's life, like Sherman, I'm pretty sure if, if, We've seen a podcast, you know, whether it's now or previously, and and we both sat there and thought, and, you know, this is a hypothetical. This isn't real, anybody, but it's just a hypothetical. If we saw a podcast and we thought, boy, that that's kind of a real oddball type of podcast. Like, uh, I wonder if they're like that all the time. And then we we walk away from it. We don't see it for another two weeks. Another two weeks, we get together. All right, sure, we're going to find a new podcast to watch. But we go back to the one that we saw just two weeks ago, and it's completely different. It's either, did we just catch them on a bad night or did they find a way to kind of change their way to make their viewers come back? And so there's, again, so many ways you can approach things. And, and we, you know, we'll, we're going to come across people that, that we've interviewed that have hung around the show before the show, after the show, and have talking to us and they may share their story and we're going to listen because that's what we do. We have fun with our guests that they have on there, but at the same time too, if you're able to touch someone's life, because Maybe it was a show that they had that was, it was so bad, but then the following week it was, it was good. We just reach out to them. Hey, like, I just want to know as a fan, like what happened to your show? It seemed like you were off your game. Something like that can end up changing. And, and I, again, I'm, I'm grateful for having Debbie. I'm grateful for having Sherman, Ryan, Fuji, you know, Mrs. Sherman. I know we got the, the whole Shermanator family 
as, as I've been talking about them since day one, you know, but it's, it's a family that I didn't expect to have. And then I'm fortunate to have at this point. And regardless of whatever ethnicities that we come from, it's one race, which is the human race. You get tired of hearing that's the other thing as well. And, and Lord knows I can get into that one. You hear about, oh, it's the black race. It's the white race. It's the Hispanic race. It's one race, folks. It is the human race. And the different ethnicities that are involved to make us all come together, we got to make that change. And, and, and again, it all starts with us. So Ryan, I, I, you know, I, I know we talked about a lot of things. I know we, we've shared again, our experiences of, of how we almost end up taking our own lives and, and no one's out the woods. And, and by the way, soldiers that, that come back from wars have PTSD, which is a real thing. A lot of these soldiers don't know what to do next. I mean, they, all they know was a war and you come back and you just think about it. you can have a flashback and, and things go wrong and everyone has a gun in their hands now. And again, during these times, that PTSD can spark. And before you know it, you can have tons of deaths. You know, God bless the, the student of fortune that was shot and killed in Knoxville, Tennessee. But again, here's another, another situation where we had with another school. And, and it's a shame because it's copycats of different things that happened. We had a shooting not too long ago in Georgia. There was another one up, that was up in the Midwest. I mean, again, Brian, it's we know we go through a lot of things in our lives. You know, I, I don't know if if we're qualified, but at least we're gonna try to say, you know, what can we do as just as us, as you, as Sherman, as me, what can we do to make maybe life just a little bit less stressful? Or what can we say, you know, in, in a moment when we know that we're frustrated and we can't see anything but that red flame in front of us. How do we get that water to start cooling on the flame to go from red to blue to finally putting it out? Well, suicide doesn't discriminate. <laughs> right. You know, just like diseases do not discriminate. And, you know, I've just let me give you my example. I'm just going to throw this out there because maybe it'll help somebody, you know, in my own instance, you know, did I ever want to take my own life? No. Were the thoughts there? Yes. Um, for the last 25, 30 years, I've been suffering with chronic illnesses and I've been to the Mayo Clinic. I've been to Penn. I've been to, I can't tell you how many thousands of dollars that I've spent and all the doctors have come back to me and they've said, we're never going to figure out what's wrong with you. You're still alive. You're still above ground. It sucks. We understand. We believe you. We understand all your symptoms. Best way I can describe it to somebody is imagine having a really bad flu and you never goes away. The aches, the pains. Um, you know, Angel, you and I talked before and um, I'm too afraid to die or I would have taken myself out. And again, I've I've had friends that they took themselves out because they had a disease and they couldn't handle the pain anymore. Again, you know, I, I don't think for me, it all comes down to communication, you know, and, you know, but I was thinking about this earlier and it's it's kind of a catch 22 because when you're growing up, you know, people tell you, well, you know, you've, you've got this, you've got your mouth, express yourself, express yourself, let people know how you're feeling. You know, you, you've got a voice, use it. But, and I don't know if Sherm feels the same way, if you do it too much, then you're bitching, then you're right. complaining. Why can't you just shut up and deal with it? You know, and, 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 and I've heard that too. But to me, it's always come down to the communication aspect of it. All people really want to do is talk. You know, they just, they, if 
they just want to know that somebody actually cares. And then, and again, but sometimes people feel like, well, if I do tell people, they're going to be thinking I'm a pain, I'll be a burden. Why should I even bother? And it just, you know, and listen, guys, you know, I, I've been to too many funerals over the last 10, 15 years, you know, and, I, and, I'll, and I'll just give you an example. This is what I've seen. You know, every, every time I, you know, unfortunately go to, you know, a service or whatnot, um, I always hear the same thing. Um, God, I wish I would have had more time to say this, or I wish I would have had more time to do this. And, you know, everybody thinks that they have all this time in the world to, to yeah. do whatever. And you don't, you yeah. don't. And then after the service, you know, and you're, you know, everybody's getting together and, you know, they're, they're eating the food and they're having a couple of drinks and they're shooting the crap, sharing stories, man, we haven't seen each other in so long. Everybody's got to get together. We got to catch up and you're exchanging emails mm -hmm. and tech, you know, you're exchanging numbers and whatnot. And guess what everybody does two weeks later, they go right back to doing whatever they were doing. Yeah. And I can't tell you how that annoys the hell out of me. Yeah. When you show up to the next service, ah, man, I wish I would have had more time. I wish I just, and it just doesn't work out like that, you know? And again, I'll go back to when, when, when people are in a dark place and they feel like there's no hope, they don't belong. What am I doing here? And they feel like the walls are caving in and there's no light. I, I equate it to like people are trying to dig out of a tunnel or a cave and they see a little itty bitty, like itty bitty light. And then that, that goes away. And then they're trying to dig out over here and they see a little itty bit when, when there's no more light and they just feel like nobody cares anymore. That's when they're like, you know what the hell with it? I'm done. I can't yeah. do it anymore. I've been in that place many a times. I can't tell you how many times I've been like, I just, I don't even, you know, I I've been in so much just like the, the, the last couple of weeks I told Angel the other day, I've been just having a hard time the last couple of weeks with a lot of pain and there's just, you know, there's even though I wouldn't do anything because that's not who I am. There's days where I'm just like, what, what am I doing? What am I doing? And everybody's exacerbated. They don't want to hear it anymore, blah, blah, blah. And sometimes you just, you just, you just, you keep it to yourself. And that's really, from my experience, it's not the way to go. It's just, it's not the way to go to just keep it all inside. Because I've known people who've done it and they're not here anymore. <laughs> so, you know, I, Again, communication and compassion are two lost art forms. And I just think if people could get back to those two particular things, um, you know, there, 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 there's been times where I'm, you know, I'm, I'm out delivering, doing my job and stuff like that. And I'll see somebody sitting on a curb by themselves and they, they look, I'm like, are you okay? Now they might look at you and say, yeah, cause they don't want to talk. Right. You know, but, you know, I'll even say a couple of weeks ago, there was a guy, he was at a Wawa, he was sitting up by the garbage can and he just did not look good. And I asked him, are you okay? Do you need help? No, 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 man. I'm good. I'm good. I called, a, I, I called 911 and said, look, this guy does not look good. I don't know if he's having a stroke. I don't know if there's, you know, and the cops showed up and I'm like, there he is right there. I'm like, I'm just really concerned about him because he just doesn't look good. And we left it at that. But it just takes that. 
it just takes that little bit of compassion, that little bit of communication. You know, if you, if you, if, I mean, I've seen videos where people have done studies, like somebody just like sitting on the roadside and they're having like a medical emergency. How many people just walk by? <laughs> so, you know, again, it's a, it, it's a subject that hits home. Cause like I said, I've just way, I've been to way too many services the last 10, 15 years. And it just, it's just a lack of communication and compassion that people have. Cause that's, that's what it boils down to for me. If, if society and the world can just get back to that, I think the world would be a different place, but I don't know if it'll ever get there. I have a question for the two of you, and it kind of ties into some of the things that both of you talked about with communication. So I'll throw this question out there. Ryan, you had mentioned that over the last 10 to 15 years, you've had multiple times where you've gone to a funeral service and afterwards for the meal and the drinks that people are having, you see somebody who you haven't seen in 15 to 20 years, whether it's a family member or a non-family member, and there's that line of, yeah, you know, we got to exchange numbers, we got to exchange emails, and, you know, we got to keep in touch. And how many times has it happened where you exchange the email, you exchange the number, and that's it? It never happens. So let me ask the two of you this. If you were to go to a funeral and see somebody afterwards who you haven't seen in 15 to 20 years, or even if you were at a festive event, a wedding, where you haven't seen somebody in 15 to 20 years, to which person A says, hey, let's exchange numbers. We really need to get together. Or maybe you were the one who initiated that. What if the person turned around and said, you know what? I'm going to keep it real with you, dude. I really don't want to give you my number. I really don't want to give you my email because after tonight, I have zero intentions of calling you. No offense, but you're not in my life. I wish you well, but I'm not giving you my number because I have no intentions of calling you. Would you be mad if somebody said that straight to your face? And and I'm bringing this up for a reason. So I want to pose that question to the two of you. If you were to see somebody who after 15 years said, hey, let's exchange numbers, or you offered it, and they said, no, I'm not going to do that because I have no interest in really hanging out with you anytime soon. Would you be offended by that? I would rather have somebody be straight up honest with me than give me false hope. Angel? I think for for me, it's for the moment, I'm not going to lie, I would get upset only because it's like one of those things like, wow, like what did I do to you to not want you to exchange a number or an email? You don't want to talk to me. But then on the flip side, I was like, well, I haven't heard or spoken to you from for like 15 years and maybe you just don't want to reach out to anybody. So you're just keeping to yourself and keeping your own world. And I I guess I couldn't pry too much without being considered nosy, but you know, I'm not gonna lie for the, for, for like the first minute Sherman. Yeah. I'd I'd be a little bit upset because it'd be like, man, what did I do to you? So I, I initially, yeah, initially I would be upset. Yeah. I, I think initially I might be upset, but as Ryan said, you know, if you, are honest enough to tell me like, Hey, I have no intentions of calling you. It's nothing personal. It was good to see you on this night and I'll extend my hand and like, that's it. And we'll go our separate ways. I I think I'd be more appreciative of that because of the honesty. And I bring this up for a reason because I want to go back to the restaurant example that Angel spoke about earlier in the show where so many people, they get in the booth and rather than looking each other in the eye, which none of you can see right now because we're doing an audio show, they're busy texting on their phone. And my wife and I, 
guilty as charged. We'll sit on opposite ends of the booth and she'll be checking her email and I'll be checking my fantasy sports stats and things like that. So yes, guilty as charged. But I want to talk a little bit about the communication that goes on and how important it is and how difficult it is to happen. We have become a society where we do not have the ability to speak what we really feel. For example, you go into a restaurant. Chances are, if you are going into a restaurant to have a meal with your significant other or either by yourself, chances are that financially, you may be doing better off than the person who's serving you the food. And there have been many times where the waiter or waitress has served the wrong food, not as I had ordered, or maybe the food came out cold, or there's some sort of other issue that's going on. You forgot the ketchup, you forgot the mustard. And there's part of me that would love to say to the waiter, hey, I've been waiting here for 20 minutes. You see my wife in here in this restaurant all the time. You messed up my order again, but we can't do that. And why can't we do that? Because the moment you open your mouth to a waiter, you know for a fact that they're going into the kitchen and saying, oh, Sherman and his wife, again, they're here, they're complaining, spitting that guy's food, mess up the order. And at the same time, it's a shame that the waiter or the waitress can't say, you know what, to Sherman and his wife or couple X, Y, Z. Listen, I've been on my feet all day. I make very small salary plus tips. I'm doing my best out here. Everybody's pulling me in so many different directions like silly putty. Why don't you just give me a break? You see me in here all the time. I'm talking because what's going to happen then? The moment a waiter or a waitress opens their mouth to a customer, that's the moment that they're getting fired. Because what are you going to do? You're going to go to the manager. Hey, this waiter, you know, this waitress talked to me in a certain way. So we talk about how communication is so important. And we can't really communicate the way that we want to communicate. So what happens? The waiter or the waitress has a bad day working their menial job plus tips not to take anything away from a waiter. Right. And now they go home. Maybe they're battling depression. Maybe they're trying to raise a child or kids and they're just trying to make ends meet. And because of the fact that they couldn't communicate, maybe they take it out on their kids. Maybe they um, have... I don't want to say an addiction, but maybe they decide to use some sort of drugs to help them through the situation. And it's just it's a shame that we can't speak the way that we really feel about certain things. Look, as a teacher, I cannot turn around to a student and say, let me tell you how I really feel about you. You're never turning in any work. You're always interrupting the class. You're coming late. No, I can't do that. If I was to do that. I'd be throwing my career away. And if a student ever talked to me saying, let me tell you what I think of you, Mr. Sherman, coming in here, giving us all this work and all that, what do you think I'm going to do? I'm going to be proactive, calling a parent, talking to administration, saying, let me tell you, you know, little student XYZ over here had this to say, and now I'm going to fight back, and, you know, we're going to resolve the situation. So because of the fact that as a society we want to communicate, but we can't communicate, we get backed into this corner. And sometimes communication is a scream for help. And so many people who end up taking their lives, they show the signs. 
a lot of people who have taken their lives have communicated with people in their own way, shape, or form that they were going to do something drastic. And maybe because of the fact that, you know, hey, I don't want to talk to people about how I really feel because maybe I'll be a burden. That's a problem, especially if you're dealing with suicidal tendencies. You should never, ever, ever feel like your problems are a burden on somebody else. Never. I almost feel like, you know how on St. Patrick's Day at a certain, certain time that everyone's in the bar across the country, you raise your glass with a Guinness and everybody takes like a drink at the same time, like across the country. I would love to see what would happen if like one day in the future, they come up with a thing on a such and such a day on a Saturday, like when everybody's out the whole day, bars, restaurants, you cannot take your cell phone in there <laughs> for like two hours. Have like a two-hour rule. Everybody's got to leave their cell phones and their laptops and their little iPads. You cannot enter this place of establishment from five to seven with any sort of technological device. And it would force everybody to actually sit there at the tables and you'd actually have to talk to one another and get to know one another talk about what's going on in your life. Hey man, what's going on? How's the family? How's because I can't tell you how many times like I've gone to watch football games on Friday nights or Saturday nights, walk in, see a crap load of people I know. Hey man, how's it going? Haven't seen you for like two, three weeks. What's going on? Blah blah blah. It's fine for about 30 seconds and I guess what everybody does. And then that's it. And then when you actually try to talk to somebody, they hold their finger up. Hold, hold on. Just, 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 just give me a minute. Man, I don't want to talk to you now. I'm just going to sit here and, you know, I tried, man. I you know, tried. My, you know, my, what I feel like they should do. You know, my wife accused me, accuses me of not being able to multitask. The only time where I feel that I can multitask is when I'm in a, uh, a bar or a restaurant watching sports because I can tell you what's going on on each one of those six TVs while checking my fantasy football stats and checking my email and checking my Facebook and checking my Twitter all at the same time. I think it's the only time that I can multitask. Anything else? Don't ask me, honey. No, one thing at a time. I'll take out the trash and then I'll clean up the kitchen counter and then I'll feed the cat. But you put me in a sports bar. Oh yeah, I can multitask then. And, you know, maybe if we took the cell phones out of our hands, as Ryan said, it would become such a better society. And here's the thing. And here's the thing, Sherm. You know, imagine if someone is going through a rough time. You know, let's say you're out and they're trying to talk to you, but all you want to do is be on your device. Or let's just say, you know, somebody's trying to call you because they really want to talk, you know, and this is like a last ditch effort. You know, and then somebody picks up the phone on the other end on the other end and says, hey, can I give you a call back because I'm on the computer right now and I'm doing X, Y and Z, you know. Why just stop if someone's reaching out to you like that, just drop what you for a minute. It's all it takes. But just and again, it all comes back. And I, and I hate to beat a dead horse, but it's communication. It's. Sometimes all you have to just do, you don't even have to say a word. Sometimes I've had people call me up out of the blue. It's been the middle of the night and I'll pick up the phone. I don't say a word. 
Because sometimes they just want to blast it off their chest and they just want somebody to list, not give advice, not interject. If they want you to interject, they will ask you, but they just want somebody to listen. You know, and it, 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 and that's another thing that like aggravates me sometimes too. Is like, like you're sitting there having a conversation with somebody because you you, you need somebody to talk to. You know, they're looking at you, <laughs> and you know they're just looking at you. Yep. And they are hearing you, but they are not listening to you. And sometimes the greatest heroes are the unsung heroes. I know that we weren't really going to talk about sports tonight, but for those people who are avid sports fans listening to our show tonight and you could always go to broadstreetsouth.com to uh check out this podcast a little bit later we're going to be live on thursday night and angel may tell you about the guest who we're going to have uh, a little bit later in the program but think about that phillies atlanta game the other night everybody's talking about how alec bohm was he out or was he safe at the plate he was the hero of the game but the unsung hero of that game was Gene Segura. Why was he the unsung hero? Because when Alec Bohm was on second base with nobody out, he grounded out the second base and moved Alec Bohm to third base with less than two outs. If that had never happened, then that whole sacrifice fly to Ozuna and the play at the plate never happens. And sometimes the greatest heroes, as my brother said in his high school yearbook, the greatest heroes are the unsung heroes. And sometimes it could be just holding the door for somebody yeah. at the Wawa or the Dunkin' Donuts. And that can make somebody's day. You never know when that's going to be the difference. Oh, man, like why in the world is this person like holding the door open for me? Don't worry about it. I'll wait a couple extra seconds to hold a door open for you. Now, the joke about Wawa, right, is Wawa is the only place in America where, where they will willfully wait 30 to 45 seconds to hold a door open for you but they'll be willing to run over you in the parking lot 15 to 20 <laughs> seconds later, right? But the point that I'm making is don't be afraid to hold a door open for somebody. There's nothing wrong with that. Whether you know the person or whether you don't know the person, that could be the difference. You go to a restaurant and you say to the waiter or the waitress, hey, you know what? Thank you. I, I really appreciate it. Think about Thinking about people in the military, right? Just saying something as – Simple as, thank you for your service. We really appreciate it. Like, that can go a long way. You you don't know what the other person's going through. You don't know if a military person is dealing with PTSD or not. And maybe something as simple as like, hey, you know, you were in the Army. I really appreciate the service that you had for the United States of America. That's it. And move on about your day. It can have such a positive impact. And we as a society, we are so tunnel vision of like, if it doesn't affect me, that's it. Look, I watch Action News practically every night. And unfortunately, it's like, who got shot? What happened here? What happened there? And I watch and it's like, okay, so long as it didn't affect anybody in my circle, I'm good. Moving on. But until something like, like that, heaven forbid, happens to somebody in my circle, like, you know, I'm going to go about my merry way. And look, as a high school teacher in an urban neighborhood, I worry about it. Every time I see that a teenager was shot, you, you know, I think to myself, oh, goodness, God forbid this could be one of my students or my former students. And I can tell you that over the last 12 months, there have been multiple instances of fatalities where one of the students went to the school where I was teaching. I never taught the student. And one of the students had recently graduated from the school where I, where I currently teach. 
I taught this student and this student was gunned down in the street. It is real. It happens. There's a lot going on. Uh, not to go off topic because I know that we're trying to focus on suicide awareness. Right. And I guess I'll throw it back to the two of you in terms of what can we do as a society to be more aware and how can we be more proactive in helping people who are potentially showing the signs, exhibiting the signs? Well, go ahead. Go ahead, Angel. I mean, the, the funny thing is, uh, Sherman, as you were talking about the examples earlier, the, the other thing, if you look at today as, as well, as, as we are talking about suicide prevention here, it, we, I'll bring up Wawa because you, you brought it up. Down here in the Tampa area, there is Wawa. And so Florida has lifted a lot of the, not completely altogether because the executive order runs out on April 26th. But in Pasco County, same thing like Hillsborough and the surrounding counties. They're starting to lift up their mandates as far as wearing the mask. So it's up to you. You have an optional. Now, we've heard, so please, any Karens out there in the world, do not get insulted. It's just people have used that word. Oh, you're, you're such a Karen because we've heard it over and over again. Well, so we stopped at Wawa the other morning to grab some coffee. Now, mind you, I, I walked in and my other two work coworkers walked in, no mask on. Again, the ordinance is down. It's optional what you want to do. So we walked in, and as we're at the coffee bar, we grabbed the coffee, and this lady did everything possible to go around us. And if she could have gone through the wall, come back in like Casper the Ghost, grabbed the coffee and hauled it, she would have. Now, she looked directly in my eyes to almost, without saying any words, like, oh, I can't believe you're not wearing a mask. Now, adding to everything else that goes on in this world, and if you were suicidal at that point, and you were thinking, you know what? Here, here we go. These these people just keep pushing their their agenda on me. Maybe I just don't want to wear a mask. And you could have flipped out that moment because, trust me, there was a almost that little bit that I always went, Karen, seriously. But no, it was one. Of, and let me just wusa. Let me think about it because me looking back at her, she just kind of gave me like the hmm, look and just walked away. Well, I can't help you, lady. I didn't sleep with you last night. I didn't piss in your Cheerios and I'm not buying your coffee. So until you wake up tomorrow morning and try and live life all over again, there's nothing I can do for you. I can be nice. I can hold up the door for you. And if you actually were said to me, listen, I have a problem with you not wearing a mask, but that's your choice. Maybe I'd have been cordial enough to go up to that cashier and tell the cashier, you know what? Coffee's on me. I got it just because. So yeah, communication is huge. And unfortunately, we are living with all these different things or people trying to push down our throats and everything else. Whatever you want to believe in is up to you. But we got to be mindful of that we don't know that person and what they're going through. We don't know if, you know, the the, the guy or girl, like you said, Sherman, in a restaurant behind a Walleye counter that, oh, uh, um, I'm sorry, I, I didn't want butter on that roll. I wanted butter on that roll. And you know what? That might spark something like, oh my God, it was like the guy last night that went on a date on, huh? Do you know what? That's it. And they can throw things, walk out the door, and that's it. Never be seen or heard from again. So I think we do need to take a step back. And even though, yes, you can get, and I know people use the word irked, which some people like it, some people don't, but sometimes it, it can happen. It's the smallest, goofiest thing sometimes that can get under our skin. When, when you look back at it, it's like, oh my God, really? I, I really. That's where I got to. 
to that point. And it's because you're you're pent up with frustration. And that one word, that one action, that one letter could end up sparking off. And unfortunately, the person on the receiving end wasn't the one that started the whole entire thing. It's just been culminating and adding and adding and adding. And then the flame was added to the fire and poof, everything came out. We need to be a little more compassionate. We need to be a little more humble. We need to just figure out, you know what? We can be better human beings if we just learn how to adapt. How can we just say, hey, how are you doing? Is everything okay? You know, even if you don't speak English, just, you know, find a piece of paper or something or just talk to the person. Excuse me, you speak Spanish? Can you ask them, is everything okay? Because we've seen people in distress, but we're also fearful of getting involved because how many things that we've seen where someone got shot or something else and you see the person laying out on the street like, oh my God, what am I supposed to do? But then the fear is what happens if that person comes back and they shoot me because they're making sure that person's not dead. I mean, we see it in the inner cities. We see it in big cities. We see it in small towns. You look at Portland, Oregon, and they're, I mean, they've gone berserk for the last year and they're not done yet. So we need to stop rushing so much to judgment. We need to just take a moment and just say, you know what, if if I can't work with this person, I need to figure out how to work with them. And if it gets to the point where it's like, you know what, it's just, it's not working. It's like a relationship. You end it, but try to end it on good terms at least. You know, it'd be like Sherman, if I work for you, you know, you guys were, you know, Shermanator Incorporated and, you know, Barbara's Boutique end up taking off. And you said to me, listen, I'm going to start you off just like everybody else. You're going to start out in the mail room and I'm going to see how well you work. And maybe, you'll, you know, one day you'll come up here to the shipping department and then I go to the shipping department and you show me everything that I need to know. And then I tell you, hey, Sherman, but I think if we go this route over here, maybe if we use a barcode access, maybe it'll make things better. And maybe that particular day you dealt with a wholesaler that just drove you insane. And no matter what you said or did to that wholesaler, they just pushed that button. And I just happen to come up to you with a brand new idea. And you tell me, what the hell is wrong with you? Just do exactly what I tell you. Then you get a moment to reflect upon it like, crap. And it might even take a day. It may take two days. But eventually you might go back to that person. Listen, I just want to apologize. That outburst probably wasn't the smoothest thing in the world to do. But it's harder for someone to do that, to actually admit guilt and just say, hey, listen, you know what? I'm sorry. So yeah, we need to take a moment to listen to focus upon what's the agenda at hand. Is it that deep that we need to go that crazy? And again, it could just be the heat of the moment type deal. We've all gone through it. We've been there. We know it, how it feels. And when you go back and reflect upon it, it's like, wow, I do feel like an ass because I shouldn't have taken it that far. And I did. And as long as you don't put someone's name out there, like, you know, you effing idiot, you're just an effing retard and blah, 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 and go off. Because when you go and say things like that, it's like, man, uh, I told Sherman cause he didn't like my barcode. I called him an effing retard. And now he's going to remember that no matter how many times you tell him his good morning, he's going to remember that I called him an effing retard and that wasn't right. So we need to take that moment just to reflect. And yeah, it's easier said than done because we can always just fly off in the mouth and not think about it. That's easy. It's taking it back and just going, okay, you know what? A couple of usas. I need to kind of check myself here a little bit. Let me walk out of the situation and come back. But we need to learn to start tuning out more negative things in our life and figuring out what more positive things we can do. Us here, like I said, we can we can send messages back and forth to each other all day long and laugh about it, joke about it, and come on the show before the show, after the show, and have the best times of our lives. 
but we got to make sure that in within that same realm that we hey, is Sherman okay? Is Fuji okay? Is Ryan okay? You know, our 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 friends okay? Our families. A lot of people don't like to share what goes on with their families, and and I can respect that. But you got to make sure that the people within, whether it's in your circle or someone else's circle, that we do take that time to reflect and say, I need to take a minute out of my day and make sure that everyone else around me is okay. So that's kind of like my take on on Sherman, your question. And Ryan, I'll, I'll, I'll yield the floor to you, sir. Well, Sherman, let me put it in a nutshell for you. <laughs> if I can. <clears throat> It is easier to not care and brush off than to care and be invested flat out because people don't want to take the time. And there's two sayings that I always remember, you know, my grandfather always used to say, you know, when I die, don't bring me flowers to my funeral because <laughs> I, I, I can't enjoy them. I can't smell them. I can't touch them. I can't stick them in a pot, you know, and then the other phrase I always remember if you're my friend, don't just bring me chicken soup when I'm sick. You know? So if someone really cares, they'll always be invested. You know, just just don't be invested when it's convenient for you. You know, and I think that's where people get in a lot of, you know, in a lot of trouble because, you know, I can't tell you how many times that I've seen people where you know, people have reached out to them and, you know, it's good for one or two days. And then, you know, it, they, they just, they lose interest, you know? And again, it's like, Sherman, you were talking about, and this is what I was talking about before, you know, when people do reach out or you reach out to somebody and you're trying to communicate what's bothering you, if you do it too much, people get annoyed and people lose interest and then people get aggravated. Why are you still harping on it? Cause this is what's bothering me. And if you're really a true friend and you're, you're, you're invested and you care, you'll always be there to listen. And that's, that's one thing I've always tried to do. It doesn't matter if I haven't talked to somebody for two weeks or two months or six months or whatnot, you know, if, if somebody calls me up as a last option, a last resort, and they really want to talk, I'll sit there and listen and I'll be invested. And if they want my opinion, I'll interject. If, if not, I'll let them know what I, what I think. But it's, again, it's like we've, you know, I know we're beating a dead horse here, but when we were younger, and there wasn't all the information, technological, um, computer, you know, you remember when we were, even when we were in high school and college, guys, and none of this was around, what do you think we had to do? Everybody hung out and talked. We didn't have phones in our face that we, you know, there was none of it. You had to get together and you had to incorporate yourself and you had to communicate and you had to talk and everybody got together and there was none of the stuff that goes on now. And that's where it's a lost art. People just, you know, and again, can't tell you how many times I've been out places and, hey, man, how's it going? You know, even if you're even now, I haven't been. But the last time I was at any sort of sports function, I think I was at a Flyers Blackhawks game. And I'm like looking around and people are watching the game. And obviously, if there's no action going on, I'm looking around. I'm like, what are you looking at your phone for? <laughs> There's, there's a game going on right in front of everybody. What are you doing? 
put the phones away. Talk to your date, you know, talk to your family that's sitting there with you. You know, there's a game going on. That's why you came here to watch the game. Not, you know, not, not if you want to take a picture with your phone, that's fantastic. But not, hey, the game is going, hey, they just scored a goal. Blah, blah, blah. Are you watching? Yeah, I'm watching. Oh, so you know they scored a goal. <laughs> you know, do you know what I mean? So right. it, it, it just gets aggravating to the point where, you know, all it takes if somebody's really going through something. And, you know, I I had a buddy of mine last year. His sister, unfortunately, took her life because um, she was just in a bad way. Um, everything was crashing down on her. and she didn't she didn't let on like anything was going on but everybody sort of knew in her life that things were bad <clears throat> but if somebody's really going through stuff guys and they want to hide it and not let anybody know they will hide it really well you know what i mean so yeah. that's why you know even if you think like you're prying but you know crap is going on and you know they're in a bad way but they're not going to let on Sometimes it just takes you asking and maybe someone will open up to you. You know, maybe just all it takes is somebody asking, Hey, I heard such and such. I was just concerned about you. I just wanted to check. I would rather have somebody do that than, you know, what's the other phrase I heard? Silence speaks the loudest. Right. You know, if you don't ask and you feel like nobody cares, that's where all hope is lost. And if anybody's a teacher out there or a parent out there, the advice that I will give is the following. If a kid, if a student ever comes to your class and wants to tell a two to three minute story, even if it's completely off topic, let the student tell their story for two to three minutes because you don't know what is going on in our in their home life. They may need to get something off of their chest to talk to you as somebody who's not in the actual family. You need to give the children an opportunity to speak. And I would imagine I am not a parent, but I would imagine at home that if a child is struggling with something that's going on at school, as a parent, always be receptive to that child. Be receptive to your son, be receptive to your daughter. Let them speak about what's going on at school. Don't let your son or daughter feel like they're a burden on you because of the fact that they don't have any friends. They don't have a significant other. They didn't make the cheerleading squad or the varsity basketball team. Don't ever let a child feel that way. Yep. This is a real issue in our country. As a society, we need to be proactive, and I get it. The three of us cannot change the world. But there are little things that we can do and those little things can have such a positive and lasting impact. So as you move forward in your lives, in your daily routine, whether you're going to Wawa, whether you're teaching virtually, whether you're going to church or synagogue or anything else like that, think about the positive impacts that you can make because I think that it can really go a long distance. That's I'll true. just give you a real quick example that I found myself in. I don't know. It was like maybe a year and a half ago. I have a buddy of mine lives in the South. 
he was going through some stuff. He had had a heart attack, um, survived it, um, got through it, went through rehab um, as far as the heart goes and stuff like that or whatnot. And then he was probably six months out of him having a heart attack, you know, and unfortunately his father had passed away and like other stuff was going on. The only person he really had was his daughter. <clears throat> and one day, big NASCAR fan, like huge NASCAR fan. That's that's how he and I started communicating online. And he called me up after a race was over. Don't remember which particular race it was. And he's like, hey, man, what's going on in that Southern draw that he has? I'm like, what's going on, dude? You know, and he starts talking to me for like maybe 30, 40 seconds. And he just started crying. So I could tell that he was drunk. You know, I could tell, you know, how NASCAR fans are. Um, and I'm, I'm one of them. Um, I was like, what's going on, man? Why are you feeling so down? And he, he, he opened up and I just sat there and listened. And then he proceeds to tell me, you know, I've been drinking whiskey all day and I got my 45 next to me. So I just said, dude, whatever you're thinking about, just think of your daughter. I'm like, if that's all you have left, you know, they, you know, she wants, <laughs> you know, how do you think she's going to feel when her father doesn't walk her down the aisle? You know, how are you going to feel if you don't see your grandkids? You know, how's she going to feel if you're not here to see the grandbabies and stuff? I'm like, dude, whatever you're thinking, he's like, please. I'm like, a lot of us have been there. I know where you're coming from. I'm like, but, you know, I don't know. Just, just do me a favor and. I'm like, put the thing away, go to sleep, wake up tomorrow morning and shake it off. I said, if at any point you're feeling the same way, I'm like, I will stay up all night with the phone next to me. And I did, dude. I mean, I did. And he didn't, he, he called me the next day and he's like, I'm sorry, man. He's like, just like yesterday was just like Angel was talking about. Y'all just have that one day. You know, you're going through it and you're going through it and you're going through it and you can't stand it. You can't stand it. You can't stand it. And then something little or you just get to the point where you just get to that breaking point. It might be something so minute, but because of all the stuff that you have been going through, just like a little itty bitty thing might push you close to the brink. You know, and thank God. I mean, you know, he, he's he, he's really well now, but thank God that. You know, I said, you know, and I told him, like, I am so happy you called me last night because, you know, I said all night long you had me worried because I did not know what the end result was going to be. He's like, nope. He's like, I thought about what you said. He's like, I put it away. He's like, I went straight to bed and I just wanted to let you know that I'm fine. So I was just like, you know, and I, I only talked to him for like five minutes, but that's all it took, you know, so and somebody might reach out to, you know, like that in a similar situation, it might only take 30 seconds for you to say something that could be like the difference between life and death, but you've got to be able to take the time. And again, sure. I'm like, I was saying it's, you know, this, this from my 52 years on this earth, it's just easier for people to brush off and not take the time than to take the time and be invested. And that's that's just what I've seen. I mean, I don't know how you guys are, you know, some of the experiences that you had, but, and, you know, that's, that's where I think our society is really screwed. 
And maybe the next time somebody calls and you pick up the phone and they're trying to sell you an extended car warranty, <laughs> rather than getting really angry at the person, maybe you respectfully say, no, I'm not interested, but how are you doing? I'm sure you get a lot of pressure in your sales job. You don't know me. I don't know you. But how are you doing? I appreciate the fact that you're working and you're trying to make a living. Unfortunately, I'm not going to buy the extended car warranty. But you never know. That conversation to this salesperson, that telemarketer on the other end of the phone, that could be the one thing that makes his or her day. To be like, wow, like, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't be as pushy on the phone. Maybe I should think a little bit more about the customer. Cause I don't know what the customer's going through. If I'm having a really bad day and I pick up the phone and it's like, hello, this is so-and-so and I want to sell you an extended car warranty. You know what? Like, no, I don't want to hear this at this point. They never say, Hey, how are you doing? Are you having a bad day? Is there anything I could do to help you out? No, it's none of that. It's like, Oh, well, you know, you have an extended car warranty that we have to offer you. And if they, and if you say no, what happens? Click, they hang up. Right. We've become a society where we are so into our tunnel vision that if it's not in it for us, we don't want to be we be bothered with it. It goes back to what Ryan said about when you're at the funeral and you see somebody who you haven't seen in 15 to 20 years saying, oh, yeah, let's exchange emails and phone numbers. And what happens in two weeks? I'll tell you what. What happens in two hours? In two hours, that person's forgotten about. Oh, yeah, it was great to see so-and-so. OK, where are we going now? Oh, got to pick up the dry cleaning got to pick up my son or daughter where are we going to have you you know what are we doing this weekend listen everyone when you go to a funeral is it inconvenient absolutely but you know what it's it's a part of life that happens and the one if we can become better people in helping our fellow man out to prevent more of these funerals from happening due to suicide. You know, maybe there wouldn't be as many funerals to go to. Think of the ripple effect. Maybe there wouldn't be as many people who you see in for 15 to 20 years later saying like, oh, like the fake, like, hey, it's great to see you. We should exchange numbers. Really? You really want to exchange numbers? It's almost like the Facebook happy birthday. The Facebook happy birthday has to be one of the most insincere things that I've ever seen. Okay, dude, you really didn't know it was my birthday. You just happened to get some computer notification saying it was my birthday. Right. You're not sending me a card. You're not sending me money. You're just writing in happy birthday. Do you really? Like, it's it's become the social construct to say happy birthday. I have purposely taken my birthday off of Facebook because I don't want all these fake people saying happy birthday. I hope you have a great day. Really? Do you really care about me at all with that? And the social contract has to be, thank you to everybody who reached out on my birthday. Like, you're all loved and cherished and stuff like that. Ugh. Some of these social constructs that we have to do incite me at this point. Talk talk to people. Don't be afraid to thank them. Um, you know, try to have positive impacts on their life. And maybe the whole thing I said was just hypocritical because maybe the one day a year when it's your birthday, they leave you a positive message. And maybe that makes your day. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm, ram maybe I'm rambling a little bit here. Um, maybe there'll be an alternate show of like, you know, what really gets under Sherm's skin with things like that. But, but that's safe for another show. I think this has been a fantastic show. And I hope that we've reached at least one person out there 
to be more proactive and aware of things that are going on. And if we can get just that one person to share our story and start to have a more positive impact on others, not just themselves, then we are moving in the right direction. Well, the other, the other thing I'll say real quick is, you know, to 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 piggyback off of what you said. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, every time I bump into an instance of someone taking their life or, you know, you, you see on the news all the time about, you know, so-and-so entered this mosque or, you know, so-and-so entered this building or they, you know, and you find out about somebody's backstory and, you know, it always comes to pass. You know, they're interviewing everybody, friends, family, and all you hear is, you know, you didn't know it was that bad. We didn't know there was anything wrong. And the follow-up is, did anybody ask? Did anybody really take the time to understand what was wrong or was it just conversations like, hey, how are you? Because it, it, it's like I said, people who are really going through stuff like that, and I don't know if this was the case with, with Angel's friend, if they want to hide it, they will hide it. Right. And they will not let on about it. Yeah. They might let on a little bit at first, but if they really feel like nobody cares, they and I can't tell you how many instances I've seen where well, what do you always hear, Sherman? What do you always hear, Angel? Well, there was no indication that anything was wrong, so we yep. weren't really all that concerned about it. And, you know, I always have to, like, raise my hands and shrug my shoulders. I'm like, well, there you have it. And, again, it's people, compassion, communication, and you just – you've got to be willing to take the time. And, you know, again, if if <laughs> – you know, and I've been in the same instance, you know, going through my own stuff. You know, when you're at the end of your rope and you just feel like you have no hope and you don't see a light, you're just like, what, what am I doing? What's, what's the point? You know, but if, again, if, if, you know, and I don't have to tell the two of you, I'm sure Angel in the past, Sherm in the past, you know, if something's really bothered you or whatnot and you didn't want to know about it, you're, you were just like, you know what, I'm just, I'm just going to deal with it. I'm not, I'm just, ha ha, you know, life is fine, hunky-dory, but you put on your smile, you play the role, you know, and so again, you know, every, every time something like this happens, it just, it, it sort of hits home, because again, you know, I always, when I'm at funerals or whatnot, and I'm up there, and I'm speaking, again, everybody, <laughs> and it's just, it's true to pass, man. We, we just, we all think we have all this time, you know, Oh, I have, I'll have time to do that later or I'll have time to do that next week. Hey man, did you call so-and-so? No, no, no. I couldn't get to it today. I'll have time next week. Well, guess what? Time runs out and you think you have all the time. And when time does run out, you're just like, Oh man, why didn't I do such and such? You know, and I always, tell people no matter what your riff is with somebody, you know, unless it's really, really something serious, you know, bury it, man, bury it. Because before you know it, it's too late. It's too late. So 
No, that's true. Listen, it, you know the, the funny part is, I'm, and I mentioned the clip earlier, I'm going to get to it because it, it's a good motivational speech to end with, as we've been talking about communication, which Sherman brought up uh, a, a lot here within the past couple of minutes. The funny part is, if, if anyone's ever tuned into our show, Sherman and I, and, and Fuji, who's, who's off tonight, but Sherman and I have always talked about, all right, so we're going to, you know, we're going to make notes. We're going to schedule this time for this time for this time. Now, anyone who's been with us since day one, it, in theory, it's a lot of fun because even though we can, we put out there that we're, we're going to do this within this 15 minute segment, um, this about this, uh, 15 minute segment and, and we'll try to put it that way, but because we have so much fun on the show that truthfully, as, as we go through it, we don't even realize the time. Like right now we're like an hour and 24 minutes into our show here. And, and even as much as we try to do it like within an hour, we get into such great conversation that we just, it, it just keeps going and going and going. I mean, we have a show that's coming up uh, again, not to get away from the subject that we have tonight coming up on the draft. That's going to be what Sherman about two hours long. And we're going to have 15 minutes in between guests in between. So, you know, that's, that's, that show's going to be a first for us. And we're going to have multiple guests that evening, which we plan on having a lot of fun because yes, you know, we, as sadness comes around, there's also hope and happiness comes along with it, but it'll be the first time to share myself, Fuji, Ryan and Nick, when he's on here uh, that night, they're going to have multiple guests talking about the draft and, and things that, yeah, it's uplifting. We're going to have fun. And Lord knows we're probably end up all of us talking to like one o'clock in the morning on a Friday. And that's coming up in about two weeks before we know it. So one great thing that we have, at least that I can say for us in this group, is yeah, we do enjoy ourselves. We enjoy each other's company. We have a lot of fun. Um, even if we schedule ourselves for that time, and I've heard through people say that, you know, I would love to listen to your show, but it's an hour and X amount of minutes long. Well, you watch sometimes a movie that's pretty much senseless for three hours long, and then you complain about it at the very end. So I don't think an hour and a half of your time, and especially on a show like this tonight, you might want to listen because it may end up helping someone that you know. So, and um, great point that Sherman's bringing up here. And and Debbie and I actually were talking about this not too long ago. Who saw the death of Robin Williams coming? Who saw it? I don't think any of us did. And, and, and you're talking about a comedian, a guy who was on top of the world. I mean, he was, he was on a great show on ABC. Like he was kicking off his career all over again. Who saw that coming? His wife didn't see it. His family and friends didn't see it. You know, and, and it just goes to show you that you don't know when your time is up. None of us know. And as far as Ryan, he, he's correct. I mean, I, listen, do we all work hard to make this show work? Yeah, we all put our hours into it. We slave over it. We do everything we possibly can. And we do say a lot of times, you know, I'll take care of that tomorrow. I, I'm habitual for saying that. My day starts at 4.30 in the morning. A lot of times it doesn't end until 11, 11.30, sometimes midnight, sometimes even one in the morning. And I sleep about two hours, I'm at it all over again. But it's because we always say, yeah, I'll take care of this tomorrow. Well, if I had 48 hours in my day, it still wouldn't be enough because I try to make everything happen in one day, even though that we know that we can't. But we just, we never know. And so I, I want to leave before we sign off for the evening here. And I'll mention who we're going to have coming up on Thursday. I want to play this one video because it's, at least to me, I will say it, it makes sense with everything we're talking about here. And if you know someone who's going through any kind of depression, suicide thoughts, you know, a, a broken marriage, whatever it may be, 
this may just help out a little bit more. So I hope everyone enjoys uh, this audio that I'm about to play. I want you to know that no matter where you are in life, no matter how low you have sunk, no matter how bleak your situation, this is not the end. This is not the end of your story. This is not the final chapter of your life. I know it may be hard right now, but if you just hang in there, stick it out, stay with me for a little while, you will find that this tough moment will pass. And if you are committed to using this pain, using it to build your character, finding a greater meaning for the pain, you will find that in time, you can turn your life around and help others going through the same struggles. The world right now is in the middle of a mental health crisis. It's estimated almost half the population suffers from depression at some stage throughout their life. Rather than join the queue, it's important we learn why we get down and then how we can change it. Because believe it or not, we create our own negative feelings and we can also ensure that we turn our lives around and be a positive change for others. The reason anyone gets depressed always comes down to the consistent thoughts we think and the consistent beliefs we hold. Let me say that again. The reason anyone gets depressed always comes down to the consistent thoughts we think and the consistent beliefs we hold. The point here is that anyone that is depressed is so because there is an external factor that didn't materialize in their life. They have lost something outside of their control or don't have something that is out of their control. In school, we are taught how to get a job, but no one teaches us how to live in a state of happiness. No one teaches us how important our conscious and unconscious thoughts and associations are. Is our happiness not worth more than a job? Yes, it is. And before you say happiness won't pay my bills, happiness will pay your bills. When you realize you will be 10 times more energized, focused and take positive action in your life, when you first choose to develop yourself as a priority and then get to the stuff of the world. I've seen some people who many would consider to have it all in their life because they thought they were not good enough. A thought, a belief within them told them they were not worthy. These people that many were jealous of, many envious of, were not good enough. You must value yourself enough to take the time every single day to work on you, to engage in something that will ensure you are a positive influence on the world. This of course doesn't mean life will suddenly be perfect. The same life challenges will show up, but if your mind is strong, if your mind is at peace, your reaction to the challenging times will be very different. Your reaction will be, how can I make this work? Not why is this happening to me? And then others will look to you, not with pity, but with hope. Because your strength will become their hope, their strength. You really can be that powerful. 
you can ditch the victim story. You can leave the pain behind and focus on how you will react next. How you will react positively. Read. Read all you can read to get your mind in a positive place. Take steps to ensure you will be in a better position next time. Whatever pain you are suffering from, how you can ensure it won't show again. Take little steps and soon you will be at the top of the staircase. Don't give up. You are worthy. You are more than worthy. You deserve to experience how great life can be and you owe it to the world to be that positive change for others, to inspire others who will look to you and say, he did it, she did it, and I can do it too. Now, uh, great, powerful video, and, and I want to thank the outcome for that. Uh, this is not the end of motivational speech on depression and mental health, and what you uh, guys and girls didn't get a chance to hear at the very end of that was that every 40 seconds, uh, someone takes their lives, and by the time the end of that clip op uh, ended, which was five minutes and 39 seconds long, eight people would have taken their lives. So if that doesn't hit home for anyone, it is real. Depression is real. Suicide is real. I had brought up a number earlier. I'm going to bring it up again if it's, as soon as I can find it here. The American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Give them a call. 1-800-273-8255. 800-273-8255. You can even text them at 741-741 if you're thinking about depressional thoughts and it, I'm telling you, if you gotta, if you guys want to, you can look up the video on YouTube after we're done speaking about this. And again, it's by the outcome. It, it, it is impactful. And when you think about everything that was said in there, we collectively talked about it tonight without these guys even knowing that I was going to play that video tonight. So listen, listen, talk to, talk to someone, reach out to them. I don't care if it's a complete stranger. You tell them you love them because you never know what can happen. It may make their day. You never know. I hope you guys learned something tonight. I hope that we touch someone's heart tonight. I hope that the family that is suffering from many losses of lives due to whatever went on in their lives, I hope that people start finding a way how to become better human beings, how we can become one race with many ethnicities because that's exactly what we are. Find a way to just reach out to somebody and more importantly, just say hi. That goes so far, it's ridiculous that we can't take a minute out of our day just to say hello to someone because it's just that simple. So um, I can't tell you, I probably watched that, that video about four or five times prior to coming on and, and it's, it, I mean, it hits home. It really hits home. So 
You guys check out the outcome, look it up on YouTube. And if you want to really feel an impact in your life, and I know I saved it to the very end of the show because that's the kind of impact we want to leave on you guys, just check it out. It's It will touch home and it will make you reach out to someone that you probably haven't spoken to in a long time. So Sherman, I thank you so much for everything you shared with us tonight, all the great points you brought up. I mean, it's very gratifying, at least for me, and I know for Ryan myself because of what we've gone through, what we may continue to go through. And all we can hope and pray for is that God, family, and friends make sure that the outcome in our lives turn out to be a lot better than what's in our minds. So thank you guys for reaching out. Ryan, I, I thank you very much, sir, for coming on as well. Um, to put it on a little bit of a lighter note, this Thursday, you guys are listening to this audio podcast here on Tuesday night. We will have Greg Murphy on for the second time, and we'll catch up with Greg Murphy on his new podcast venture, um, Baseball Brunch, that he's been uh, with his with his partner. So we'll talk to Greg Murphy, get caught up with him. Uh, it's going to be a fun show Thursday night at 7.30 live uh, this Thursday. And uh, next week, we hope to have, of course, more guests, uh, possibly even maybe Seth Joyner. No one ever knows. So we're, we're looking forward to a show on Thursday. But tonight was more a reflection about suicide, um, how real it is. And that video, I'm telling you, it, it, it hit home on every point that we talked about. So Sherman, thank you so much. I do appreciate it. Pleasure was all mine. Thanks for having this show tonight. You're welcome. Ryan, again, thank you, sir, for coming on. I do appreciate it. And and for sharing your stories and even just sharing your health alone on, on what you're going through. I do appreciate it. <clears throat> Gentlemen, it's a pleasure. Like uh, Sherman was saying earlier, anybody who listens to this, if it could just help one person, it's, it's all worth it. Again, so... Uh, I'll just end it with, you know, don't forget to love each other, to hug each other. And and if you're married, single, whatever it is, even if you just got to tell someone that you love them, by all means, reach out to them and just tell them so, because you never know how far and how powerful those three little words can mean to someone. So uh, I'll leave you guys tonight with our, our closing music. And thanks again to DJ Bink Brizzy, AKA Mike West for creating this intro outro for us. We do appreciate Mike and I hope he's doing well. And uh, I'll leave you guys with that. So, Thank you for everyone tuning in tonight. We hope you uh, enjoyed the podcast. And again, sorry if it was too deep for a lot of people. We hope that someone learned something from tonight. So I'll leave you with the, with the outro and everyone have a great evening. Uh -huh.